We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. George, um, probably scored too early in a classic, <laughs> classic under Bruce. Um, and we capitulated in a, a truly spectacular manner to the point where y- you could almost see and this is a kind of uh, sort of running theme with Bruce's teams, you could almost see when they scored that the goal was going to happen. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's a goal coming from this, isn't it? Because the the way the side kind of dropped off gave Tottenham space. You, you just knew and um, and you had lots of sort of Bruce motions on the sideline, throwing his hands up in the air, looking really frustrated as if, e, what can I do? I've done my best. What can I do when they're doing this? But it was, um, it was thoroughly, thoroughly miserable that the... The first five minutes were five of the most intense minutes of football I've ever witnessed in my entire life. When that first goal went in, genuinely, there was like Richter scale movement in the uh, in the stadium. But as soon as the kind of magic of that goal died off, it was just, oh yeah, Steve Bruce is still the manager, isn't he? And look what happened. We collapsed. It's like, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was so, out, the players were like feeding off that energy as well. And then... And then within I don't know fifteen minutes it was like oh oh yeah oh yeah we're not actually we people are out of position we aren't really good enough to play Spurs we're not it's oh we're still we're still the same the the classic in game management uh, situation with Bruce we we we're gonna go all up on on pure emotion and pure elation but then what happens is all of a sudden you remember oh actually it's a Premier League game Spurs are a good side with incredibly gifted players so. Pure emotion isn't actually going to get me through this. And those players looked after about sort of 10 minutes like a team that had been coached by Steve Bruce for two and a half years. Absolutely disjointed. Spurs exploited it. So regardless of how up for it the crowd were, it's kind of irrelevant. You can't can't do 90, 95 minutes against a a good Premier League side purely on emotion and positive vibes. And uh, we, we, we saw that. We just saw Steve Bruce being unable to build on such a positive start and Spurs more or less took control from I would say like the seventh minute of the game and the control of the game throughout. Um God it has to be it has to be. The one thing I would say about it is the new owners of the club, regardless of how they may they may have celebrated that first goal, as I say, the emotion, the 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 fantastical kind of lighting up of St. James's Park, what they would have seen for eighty seven minutes after that goal was our Aye, I would need to sort this out ASAP. Like, it was the the fear kicked in, didn't it? After that, yeah. that f- initial got. I mean, the 
I mean, give give them a bit of credit, uh, and I'm not necessarily giving Bruce, but the players like they they were pressing, they were up for it, they, they played with a high tempo, all over Spurs that that sort of <laughs> as you say seven minutes. So I'm not going to give them too much praise, but uh, what a what a seven minutes it was. <laughs> um, but we 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 made them look like the, the Spurs team that have been having all the troubles at the far recently, and you could see that like they were the ones that were bereft of confidence. Our players were bu- were buzzing off the sort of the the emotion of, of the crowd and it was a brilliant brilliant start and I mean what a way to cap it off that that goal um was just brilliant I mean thank god we've got Callum Wilson in the team um because we don't score that goal without him so thank god he was back but um yeah it was just that the fear kicked in after that seven minutes and it was that realization oh crap like look who they've got is that Harry Kane <laughs> Jesus I better drop off 10 yards off him is well, that is that son I thought he wasn't meant to be playing that's why I that's why I think you know, I was asked before the game, do you think these players have it in them to stay up this season? Absolutely, I do. You could see flashes of that. You could see seven minutes of that. Maybe maybe I'll give it 12. Maybe I'll say 12. Um, and you've seen that throughout the different games. Yes, we haven't been able to keep it up for the duration of an entire game, but we need a major personnel change and, and people who are going to... Management that's going to start conditioning the players, who's going to start, you know, drilling the players. And I think they would be responsive to that. They, they can do it. They just aren't doing it right now. Loads of emotion, a brilliant start of the game, and then all of a sudden we remember it's a Premier League match and we're playing a back four with Matt Ritchie at left back. <laughs> spectacular. Like absolutely, truly spectacular. Matt, Matt Ritchie at left back. And this, I'm not digging out Ritchie individually here. I'm not saying it was his fault we lost the game, but what I mean is, is that Steve Bruce chose to play a left midfielder who is, what, 32, I think now? He's never played left-back in his life, by the way, until, what, recent, recently, but not not from any kind of, oh, he's, he's getting all he's getting a bit slower, he's got the kind of defensive capacity he plays as a left-back, because he doesn't. So Spurs, who had a... Wait, Harry Kane up top on his own, with Ndombele, Son and Moura behind him, against a defence that contained a 32-year left midfielder as a, as a left-back, that was kind of the reality aspect. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. The emotion's great. The goal's been fantastic, but oh my dears, we are actually a team managed by a terrible manager who decides to play players out of position on a very regular basis, and we were utterly punished. I totally agree. You know, I want, I want to get into some of those things later on, but for now, you know, me and Norman talked about this uh, after Wolves. I've seen that game before. That that second half was the second half against West Ham. It was the same thing. It was the same, same performance, game. same game, <laughs> same frustrations from the sidelines, same terrible substitutions, same players. So Sean, Sean Longstaff in the second half is like, fucking hell, someone needs to try and win the ball back. So I am going to press. But because it's not coached, because it's not planned, he he moves towards a Spurs player and Isaac Hayden doesn't move when Sean Longstaff moves. So Isaac Hayden stood still because they haven't been coached, they haven't been told to do this. We've said this before, these are players doing things off their own back. There's no communication with the sideline. Like you say, uh, Norman, it was just Bruce, Bruce is shouting things from the sideline. It's like, we're, we're getting worse. As the game goes on, we get worse. And Bruce, you, you know, we've talked a lot in this podcast about Bruce's like 20-minute spells, 30-minute spells. We're down to seven minutes. We're like, <laughs> well, for seven minutes, we're excellent. Yeah, I've not seen Steve Bruce's post-match press conference. but He wore a tie. He wore a tie. He dressed up. Um but ultimately what you've seen today, and, and I have to say, well done Spurs. You know, it's not it's not just about Newcastle being 
dog turd. The Spurs were good. They moved the ball really quickly. You know, I said to Ben during the game, the ball was popped off to Isaac Hayden. At one point, he needed 16. I think he still got the ball at his feet. Now he took so long to move the <laughs> ball. And Spurs' as players, one-touch football, pass and move, move into space, overloads. It just, it just looked like a really, a really well-coached team. And we might... A little bit, Ben, I think later on you want to talk about the media reaction to Steve Bruce and what we've seen this week kind of about the thousandth game. But Nuno's had his um his ability questioned to, to quite a severe degree because the lost games to Arsenal, Chelsea and Palace as their fourth win this season. They looked like a really, really good team, and I have to say, fifth win this season, I have to say that they Newcastle were beaten by the better team today. However, however, if any of you here could tell me what Newcastle's plan was in that game, I'd love to hear it. The, Newcastle must have played, I'm not kidding you, four different formations in that game. Alison Maximin, who was dreadful, by the way, dreadful today, probably played in four different positions. Joe Linton played in three, at least three different positions. Like we've said before in the podcast, these are not the actions that you see at the top level of English football, of any football, in fact. It is an absolute car crash. Absolute car crash, Norman. Um... Oh, I've always been of the opinion that um, Steve Bruce's tactic from day one has been to just get the ball to Maximin. Yeah. And when he has a poor game, which which happens because players don't play brilliantly every single game they're playing, right? And as you say, Maximin was poor today. That's it. That's the tactic. What I think I find truly baffling, and me and my brother were talking about this, is that Joe Linton, the kind of... I don't know, this narrative of, well, he's playing Joe Linton because we paid 40 million from him and there's like maybe this pressure from up top from Charlie Ashley, etc. right? That clearly didn't apply today because they're no longer there, right? Yet he still picked Joe Linton. He's got Ryan Fraser on the bench, by the way, right? Like a right midfielder who has got a ridiculous assist record like across his career in the Premier League and he still chose to play Joe Linton. Like, was he on the right-hand side, Joe Linton, yeah. today? He was yeah. on the right-hand yeah. side. So you're talking about a left-footed forward playing as basically a right midfielder. Um, that was on Bruce. That was all on Steve Bruce today. Like, regardless of all the excuses that he's come up with across the time that he's been at Newcastle, injuries and the players being brainwashed by Rafa, etc. He chose today to play Joe Linton on the right-hand side of midfield. That defeat today, and anyone who says, you've got, you know, you've got to look beyond the manager, look at the players, it's the players sometimes. Like, today was on Steve, that, today was on Steve Bruce as a manager. It's similar to that, that was... A shocking, shocking managerial display. We went a goal up and we fell apart. And we fell apart because ultimately we weren't really a cohesive unit because he picks players out of positions. And it was just, yeah, it was, as I say, for me, it was a an absolute microcosm of the 2.5 years that he's, he's been at this club. He picked Joel Linton, but he also let Joel Linton play 90 minutes or like even more because of all the stoppage time. Like, he didn't. He didn't identify the fact that Joe Linton was having a shocking game, and think I've got to make a change here. It was he's he's fine, and I'll I'll sub off I'll sub off Sean Long. And I'll put Ryan Fraser in centre midfield. Yeah, spectacular by the way. That the the issue with that is though is is that Joe Linton plays a massive part in Bruce's tactics. All game, it's play play a long ball, cross field balls to Joe Linton. He'll win the aerial header, bring it down, and then we'll we'll build the attack from there. And it's like. If that's your your master plan, like if you're going to put your whole game plan down to long balls up to Joe Linton, him being able to control it, bring it down, and then bring everyone else into play, like I, <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and it does not surprise. And I think that's the issue is that he he's got it in his head. Like Joe Linton is kind of what he wanted Andy Carroll to become, mm. 
in terms of the target man and, and be able, we can play long balls up to him and he'll he'll be like the outlet. But it it doesn't have the ability to bring that down. I mean, it, it, okay, he was winning balls and things like that, but there's very little coming of it because he would generally either take a, a poor touch and either lose the ball or he'd, he'd pass backwards to Richie and, and nothing would come of it. And it's just, I, I think, I, I, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to put your finger on what he's seeing out there that makes him think Joe Linton for 90 minutes is, is more valuable than, than Wilson. And to, I mean, Wilson, obviously, other than the goal, didn't have a great game, but he's feeding on scraps. Like There was rare, there was nothing for, for Wilson, really. to Okay, there was one or two balls, I think, in the first half where he kind of got a chance to, to run at them, but he's feeding on scraps. And again, because you've got your, your wingers, I mean, you've just said Fraser there. Who did Fraser get all those assists to? Callum Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. Like, you've got the pair of them know how to play each other, they, they know each other's game, and we've, we've literally wasted it. Like, what's the point of Ryan Fraser being at Newcastle United? When you've got Joe Linton like sticking up the place in his position, it's just a waste of time. Are you saying you know better than Steve Bruce Ben? Oh no, of course not. <laughs> I've I've not managed a thousand games in the Premier League, so <laughs> how can I possibly know anymore? I feel like I've watched a thousand games under Steve Bruce. In the <laughs> um, right, that's part one of the True Faith podcast. We're going to be right back after this. Part two of the True Faith podcast. We're back. And Charlotte Robson, it has been a nice day, has it not, besides those 85 minutes? Yeah, besides the game. It's the same thing as always, right? Well, it's not. It was so different uh, today to how it has been in town. It was just buzzing from... I got into town just after one, um, and pubs were full, people were spilling out. Um, it was just it was just mint. It was, it was such a good environment. Alex, you said it felt like the Tottenham FA Cup tie. It was... It, in 2005 and it really was it was just there was we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There was so much renewed energy and renewed passion everywhere I walked past and got up to the game, I got up to the ground and like people were going into the club shop and like coming out with bags of stuff. <laughs> I was just like, this is unusual. Um, it was it was so exciting. It was so like, I was so buzzing. And um, I was talking about this earlier, like how previously under this manager, this head coach, we... The, the game is like the worst part of the day um and and I'd still kind of expected that because I was so excited about that but I thought well you know what like kind of really get yourself 
G'd up with all the energy that's in town. And I was like, maybe the game's not going to be back. Maybe suddenly, like, Wilson's back. Like, maybe all of this energy is going to... Um, is going to make a massive difference. And and you could be, like, kidded into that for the first five, six minutes. Obviously, two minutes after after two minutes were scored. Um, and the atmosphere and the flags being back in the ground, I have to, have to put a shout-out to that. They've got that together in, like, just over a week. It was absolutely mint. And it was just really good and then really not good. And it, it's that dawning realisation of we still have to watch Steve Bruce's Newcastle United. And the atmosphere just flattened and flattened. And the players just looked... Na- they had so much energy as well for that first 10, 15. And then they looked knackered after that. Like, after 15 minutes... I mean, you said at the, at the top, Alex, that they looked like a team that haven't really trained this week. They really did. And, um, yeah, so so that's kind of the day. It kind of made me think, you know, after COVID and, and when we all started being able to socialise again and socialising was totally knackering, like... I would I would go out with friends and I'd be like wiped out for a day and maybe other people didn't have that. I was like, oh, I, it was almost like that. It was like people people just were like, oh, brilliant. I'm going to like the players were like brilliant. Like this energy is like infectious. We're, we're going to have a great time. And then after 15 minutes, they're like, I can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of. And then, of course, I'd be remiss not to mention. Sorry, I've been speaking for ages. Um there was an incident midway through the first half or towards the end of the second half where uh, somebody in the East Stand was taken ill and that was kind of horrible because you saw a defibrillator being run across the pitch and after that I found it really difficult to get into a sort of like a, a good mood about it all. The football was terrible. They scored another goal after that happened, after we restarted and like you know somebody's just been like, I don't know, it just, it wasn't, it didn't match, marry up for me. Agreed. I like how you said uh, after COVID as well. It's, it's still COVID. If you're away, we're still in, in it. We're after the restrictions were lifted, my apologies. No, no, we'll, we'll, beat, we'll beat it, Norman. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. We won. There's, there's reasons to celebrate. Um, you know what I noticed was that we the, the atmosphere when we got in was brilliant. The city prior was crackling, right? There was this kind mm-hmm. of energy. You could feel it, right? And then we got in the stadium... Everyone's singing, the noise. I mean, there was all, the whole stadium was singing. It was like every single part of the stadium was singing uh, pre-match. And when the goal went in again, it was like, you know, it was chaotic, chaotic scenes, brilliant. But then as soon as they started getting a grip on the game, that's when my eyes started veering towards the touchline. And then it was almost like, ah, oh, ah, oh, there's Steve Bruce is still there, isn't he? And then the moment they equalised, I couldn't stop focusing on Bruce's actions on the sidelines. But you know what else I noticed that was really prominent? Was the sports direct signs all on the stadium? Yeah, I still like I, I, I looked at them and even even the moving advertising boards. It was flannels that to make Ashley company right, and it was like you know what, we just need to like cleanse all of this right. This get burn rid- it all. Get it's rid of age. Get rid of the sports direct signs. Get rid of flannels. Get rid of the current management. Like it's just an absolute fresh start. And I think that was it for me. It was it was so 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 good. But then the moments first started started taking control of the game. It's almost like the reminders of the previous regime were just kind of slapping us in the face constantly, and it made me brother from the kind of the high that we had. Made me brother, and my nephew, the, the, the three of us were there together. The the high that we had for those sort of uh, a couple of hours pre-match, and then the first ten minutes, we just started complaining for like we did. We started compl- we complaining for like eighty minutes, like Bruce is shite, Joe Linton's shite, Sports Direct signs are shite. It just became this kind of um, absolute slagging match, and I think until 
as I say, this this great cleansing happens, then it is going to be um, the, the, these reminders will always kind of drag you down ever so slightly. If we'd the, gone two and two and up, it wouldn't have mattered, but we didn't, did we? <laughs> the, the weeds are all there, aren't they? They still need yeah. weeding out, um, and that, that's obviously going to take time. And it it's interesting because I. I I was really disappointed because I, I, I kind of came into the game today thinking it doesn't really matter what happened. I knew the football wasn't going to be great. Um, it's two teams in not great form. I mean, I know you said Spurs won five games, but they're not playing as expansive as they can be. Um, we're playing really poorly. And I was like, the football's not going to be great today. Like, I, I would have snapped your hand off for a, for a draw and just kind of get out of that situation with, with a point. And, but for me, it was just, I just thought the... The, the atmosphere would kind of drive through. And obviously, it, of course, I mean, it, it's naive of it. It's obviously, like, linked directly to what happens on the pitch. But um, I don't know. I just felt like, and it's probably what you said in terms of that fatigue, like the crowd of fatigued as well in terms of we've had to put up with this regime We're not for used 40 to, years. We're not used to, like, cheering for, for the full 90 minutes, like, in the way yeah. that we started. We're just not used to it. But the, it was it was great. I mean, it was a great atmosphere. Like especially that this, as you say, the first tw- like twenty minutes before kickoff, and then obviously uh, led into the game, and, and even then, I mean, the reaction to, the, to them scoring and things was there was still chanting and stuff like that. But I think you could tell like <laughs> we kind of, the, the crowd kind of fatigued a bit, and the, there was still there was still songs sung all the way through, but um, it kind of just didn't live up to my expectations as well. Um, and as I say, that was maybe it's kind of naive of me to kind of think we, it would be like a party for ninety minutes, but. I, I don't know, I was hoping it would be. Agreed. Yeah. It, it was naive of me. I, I genuinely thought getting kind of caught up in the the buzz that we would win this game purely on, on like emotion. I must say, when the takeover happened, I did not anticipate Bruce being in charge for this game. But even then, when it became obvious that he was still going to be here, I still thought it would have enough for them. Um but the reality is, right, as you say, naivety, naivety, right, the reality is, like the previous seven games, or eight games, if you include the Burnley game, we haven't won one. Yeah. This is nine games now this season that we win, that we're in a bad, bad place. So uh, all the excitement that we got wrapped up in, ultimately, we are a side that is in, in, uh, trouble. in trouble, I would say. Because there are 30 games left in the league, and in those 30 games, to stay up, if you look at it from a points perspective, we need to pick up like 35 points. Yeah. And based on my current record, that is going to be... A serious undertaking, so change is required ASAP, right? Didn't help as well that the Spurs fans were, I mean, I was in the Melbourne, so kind of closer to the to the away fans, and they were very loud. They were very loud throughout the game, um, and that is kind of, um, for me, because I could hear the corner, and I knew you were all singing, but it wasn't picked up as much after the first 25 minutes. So all I could hear was, like, Spurs fans, and, like, a few of them did that stupid fake money thing but after that first goal or second goal or something but it didn't really didn't really didn't do it didn't land yeah didn't really land good um, job guys but they were so um they were so loud i was just a bit like oh god like normally we like we'd be drowning them out and after their their first goal yes we did like did that really haven't really seen that kind of energy in ages as well where newcastle fans just get louder um, but after the second goal, it was like, no, this is it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's Bruce. It's just it's we're back to oh, it's Steve Bruce. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll finish off on this part. Great day, just just seeing people smiling around the stadium. It was. I, I don't think it was necessarily going to be unique today to the future. Like you say, Charlotte, people at the ground two two and a half hours early 
because yeah. they want to go at the club shop, because they want to mill around, because they want to they want to be around. I mean, there was a fucking queue for nine bar for God's sake. There hasn't been a queue for nine bar since like two thousand and four, um, and ultimately, you ju- you know you just there was that presence around the ground of like this is an event, something is happening here today. Whereas normally everyone trudges up to the ground five minutes before kickoff. You can't get in. The ground was absolutely ra- like rammed yeah. at, at quarter past four. So that's really positive. And you, I think you saw, and I think the new owners and, and you know, Amanda and Merdad and His Excellency, as I'm going to call him because it's easier. <laughs> um, I can't pronounce his name properly. Go on, Dottie, try it. <laughs> yes, yeah, Al Rumayan. Rumayan. Call him the gaffer. Yeah, the <laughs> boss. You know, what they saw today is probably a glimpse. It's something to be to be built upon. What they also say, as Norman correctly says, is a football team that are in serious danger of relegation without without a new manager ASAP. And I just think, you know, Charlotte, you, you're right to say it. What the three days report? Three days off this week reported three three yeah, days. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think days. It was three. Yeah, they're an unfit rabble. Yeah. They're an absolute rabble. Uh, it looks like you know Bruce has been expecting the sack for several weeks now. There was there was you know reported chaos that he told them uh, the players on Monday it was going to be his last training session and he's still here. <laughs> Uh, I think you know Ben and Norman is a spot on to say we've gone in today. I, you know I went on five live last night and said we won three nil. That was never going to happen based on four nil on match the day. <laughs> based, based on what we saw, based on what we saw, but also, but ultimately you've kind of got you've got Bruce who's gone like you know comfort blanket safety first five at the back capitulate maybe get away with it. His whole Newcastle career. And you've you've got the last couple of weeks against Wolves, but then again today where he's actually gone four at the back, he's picked a team at least a little bit closer to what most fans would pick. And actually, yeah, it is worse because at, at top level football, you can't just be like, right, it's my last game, I'm going to have a go at Spurs, which is ultimately what he's tried to do. And we've been, you know, frankly humiliated. I think today, if anyone watched the full game, you listen, to this, I thought we were humiliated. I on agree. The pitch today. Humiliated. Okay, part two. It's been a cheery podcast so far. <laughs> we back straight after this with part three. Part three, final part of the True Faith podcast this week. Okay, let's let's take the big question. I don't know who wants to go first in this one. The new owners, big week for them, fantastic week for them. Lots of positives uh, in terms of a fan relationship front, in terms of saying and doing the right things. They didn't sack Steve Bruce. I sat here in the True Faith HQ talking about another stinky performance from Steve Bruce and his stinking team. Ben, do you think they got it wrong not sacking them? I, I do. Um, I don't... I don't want to criticise him too much because I, I can see their, their thinking in terms of I'm sure there was a lot of things for them to process this week it obviously When you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply the takeover happened so quickly. Um, they probably didn't <laughs> understand kind of the the negativity in terms of that Bruce would, would, would kind of bring. And I think they probably thought actually things could be worse if, if we make a change. And obviously they haven't got anybody lined up. So they, they probably thought that might be worse. But I just think Bruce is associated with the, the this in terms of everything that's been going wrong this season. It's kind of... The, the fans have, have a lot laid pretty much the majority of the blame at, at Bruce and obviously we know the whole Ashley thing in terms of the the shackles that he kind of brings but um, 
it just it was that as again like we said in the, in the last part it's like it was one of the weeds still kind of there to kind of sort of bring bring us back down to earth um that we knew that the football wasn't it nothing was going to change in terms of what we've seen already this season and um i, I mean i said on the, the podcast that we did um the night of of the, the takeover it that that had to be done like that was the first thing that he did doing was was getting rid of Bruce because there's there's no positive there's nothing positive is going to come from from keeping him around any longer and as you just pointed out before in terms of the whole preparation he's he's thought he was going I'm sure all along um, and you can tell I mean that that performance kind of shows that the, the team wasn't properly prepared for for what Spurs were going to come in that that kind of would lend itself to the fact that there was somebody there that wasn't really and I'm not calling it in terms of his professionalism or anything like that but just in terms of he, if he thought he was going, that he wouldn't have planned to to do kind of everything through the week or whatever. Um, and yeah, I, ju- I just think it was the wrong decision to stick with him. I think if you'd have stuck Jones in for one game, we probably still would have lost could, that could game. Could have been any worse, could it? Could yeah, it? we'll probably still lose that game. But yeah, I just feel like it would have been another thing. Like It, would have, it wouldn't have been a distraction that it kind of became potentially at the end. I also think that if it had been Jones there rather than Bruce today, regardless of Jones's managerial capabilities or lack of I just think that Bruce not being on the sidelines would have been like an extra extra impetus for the crowd I think Spurs equalising we go goal up right Spurs equalise, and as I say my, immediately my eyes are almost drawn towards Bruce to see how he responds to Spurs starting to get a foothold in the game Spurs starting to dominate Spurs equalise and then taking complete control and rather than actually focusing on the game I'm, I'm kind of Looking at him, because I think his body language on the sideline is, it's like nothing I've seen in recent years in the Premier League. And I think if that had been Jones or another on the sideline, like in any kind of interim, it, I just think the feeling would have been different. I think automatically, I think in right, Spurs have equalised. Bruce, oh man, Bruce, Bruce straight, straight away is ridiculous as it sounds. So I do think that getting rid of him the moment that came in through the door would have probably... It would have probably kind of created an even more positive atmosphere. That sounds terrible, right? You know, sack a man and everything's better. It's not that, you know, I don't mean to be as brutal as that, but ultimately I do think it would have had a more positive impact on the crowd. However, I can see as well, I can see as well, regardless of how efficient the new owners may be in terms of business, that like it's the first football club they've owned. So there probably was like a little bit of, I hesitate to say, but kind of naive, like, you know, like, Meeting Bruce, he's an he's an aff, he's clearly an affable bloke, right? Because a lot of people in football like him. They've met up with him, he's spoken to them. We don't have a manager lined up. It's gonna be his thousandth game. Let's just let's just do this, you know. And, and I can I can kind of understand that. Um but from a fan's perspective, having watched obviously Newcastle for X amount of years and haven't seen Steve Bruce for two and a half years in charge, personally I would have liked to have seen a complete change before this game. I just think as well that that it's obviously it, we have had the week like leading up to it since the, the takeover to this match, as you you, you pointed out before they've they've had days off this this week and I just think a fresh impetus would have you get that honeymoon period you always say it whenever there's a change of manager there's a there's a new impetus for all the players they know they've got to switch on we've got to do something I just think it w- like it would have been nice to see what that does like just get rid of Bruce and as you say if it was Jones and as I say I'm not advocating that Jones is going to be the kind of the long term future or whatever but it just would have been interesting to see what a week of that kind of just freshness in the team would have produced um, but we've, we've been robbed of that unfortunately and I, I just think like it was wasted on 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 that team today because we, okay we've got 10 minutes of euphoria and then it was 
yeah i totally agree i think um it's this whole week we've all been kind of waiting for him to be sacked including himself presumably and it hasn't happened and then it was friday for me friday right yes and yeah when he did his press conference and he was so uh, like back to like poisonous Bruce in my opinion in that press conference when he was sniping at the journalists and sort of saying you know whatever you thought was going to happen hasn't happened so like basically like to them like just pathetic little child and I was I was just I was just well I w- watched the clips of it and I was reading about it and I was just like honestly like why is this man anywhere near our football club we're supposed to have a fresh start he's we're supposed to have as Norman said there's still the sports direct things in the stadium and and they're going to be there for a little bit of time because um of whatever deal that's been made fine they'll go eventually they them I can live with but we're supposed to have we've got a brand new owner and we can't make any signings till January and it was the one thing that they could have done and changed early on to get people on side. And also, I don't buy that um, they're new to owning a football club. That they've got enough people in who who watch football, like who are watching this, who know what the mood is like on Tyneside with regards to Bruce. They have had this feedback. They know what they're supposed to be doing here. And if it's a sentimental thing, then then fine. But I struggle to believe it's that as well. When when people with three hundred million quids involved, I find sentimentality a hard sell as well. I just. I don't get it, and it should have been done a, a week ago. And it, 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 you know. And I also, also, just last point, I promise. I don't think people wanted to to chant about wanting Bruce out today. They really didn't want to. That could have happened from minute seventeen, and it was it held off and held off, and then it was just so dire that by the end, the ho- the whole the whole stadium was singing it. Like, and I I didn't want to sing that today. That's a reasonable point you make on like potential naivety. I guess I'm not saying it in the sense that the that maybe they don't know what they're doing. You know, as I say, yeah. these are these people are, you know, the Ruben Stavely, the very successful business people, right? But I guess I'm talking more from the point of Steve Bruce's standing in the game. You have to look like let's say like and this is you know, this is pure like hypothesizing this, right? But a man like Steve Lee is what, forty six years old, like something along those lines. But yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and much like people of, of my age group, particularly, Steve Bruce was like a, like a legendary footballer. I mean, this man was captain of Man United when they won the first title in 25 years. He was a huge part of Man United's success under Ferguson initially. And he has a presence in the game. So they're meeting him on the training ground. And, and regardless of how kind of, you know, how good they may be as, as business managers, this takeover happened bang like that, right? It yeah. happened so quickly. And there's a kind of lot of uncertainty going on. And and Bruce, to a certain extent, is somebody who's been in the game for a long time, is somebody who has quite a, you know, a, a stand in, in the game. And for them to go, well, you know what, it's one game. This person has been in football all their lives. This person is a big personality within the game. One more game is fine. I totally get why they did it. But as I say, obviously, as a fan, having known how toxic the atmosphere has been at Newcastle because of the antipathy towards Bruce... I think it probably would have been better if he hadn't been there today. But at the same time, that is not me saying they should have gotten rid of him. It's just I get why I get why they kept him on. But at the same time, of course, I, I think it would have been better if he if he hadn't been there. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I think that long term it doesn't matter. He will be sacked this week. I'm almost certain of it. I'm sat here refreshing NUFC Twitter to see if he's yeah. been sacked. He'll be sacked this week. 
and when we do the podcasts when fans talk about this season and these things and years to come or the months to come I'm sure it won't be that Spurs game where Bruce was here like someone correctly said before the likelihood is that we got beat today because Spurs played well and I hate this because I want I want to be the dickhead fan who never gives any teams any credit but I have to say I was impressed by Spurs today they had very very limited shambolic opposition but what they had to do they did very well they really should have won the, the game by a lot more than they did um, but I suppose Norman like we keep saying didn't have to <laughs> like they didn't they literally after, I know we were down to 10 men but once once that second goal went in the, the base he just went alright we're finishing this you're not, you're not going to touch the ball again. Andrew Manon did his best at full time as well to, to get to get them over the line by refusing to let us play play the ball when the player's off the pitch injured. But it, it's just, just to kind of progress it a little bit further, because I think you all make excellent points. One of the issues with not getting rid of Steve Bruce is, is actually, it's not just about him, is it? It's another game that um, Jamal Lewis hasn't played in the Premier League. It's another game where Fernandez and Shaw have been on the bench when they're probably both far superior footballers to Lascelles, who looked unfit, who's just come back from injury, and Clark. It's another game where Isaac Hayden has, has been all over the place in terms of his positioning, in terms of what he's supposed to be doing. It's another game where Alison Maxman's played four different positions. And his, his teammates are clearly pissed off with St. Max. I mean, there were several times today where he just he just doesn't bother to track. He doesn't bother to run back. Joe Willock, there's a guy who needs Steve Bruce sacked. There is a young player who needs Steve Bruce to go, or his career is going to... He's been poor since he's come back. Well, like he's been a shadow of the player last season. So I do think I do agree with you all. I also understand why they didn't do it. But the longer he is here, the more damage he does to this football team, and the more that any new manager has to unpack what he does. I said to Ben at half time, or, or maybe it wasn't half time. Maybe it was that little period when the the players went off so that the fan could receive what we're, we're led to believe is, is actual life saving treatment because he seems to be doing okay in the RVI. Um, Ignore Shelby's red card for now, but you kind of had Shelby, Gale, uh, Fraser, Fernandez, and Shaw, and Lewis. Arguably, there's six players who, sh- who should have been starting today. And this is the issue with Bruce. It's like, he's got, you know, the fact that Joe Linton played 90 minutes today, and yes, I've got, I've got the usuals, and I, listen, you've got an opinion, and you think Joe Linton played okay today, that, that's up to you. To me, I thought, I, I think he's below the required level of a professional at this level for much of the game. He, he he just cannot play football at this level, uh, particularly when he's played left midfield, right midfielded striker in, in the same game. But you know, people tweet me saying he plays well, and I, and I completely disagree. But that's it. We'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. But when you you know, Charlotte, when you say, I think it was you said earlier, the fact that Joe Linton doesn't just play, doesn't just play as bad as he does, but he's on the pitch for ninety minutes. It's not. You, you have to try and get yourself in the mind of Steve Bruce and the coaching staff and all of the terrible decisions are compounded. So I'm sure they knew Joe Linton was playing badly, but because Joe Linton's on and then Wilson goes off and because he hates Dwight Gale and he can't just make a like-for-like swap, like any normal manager would do in that situation, he has to move Joe Linton on the inside. You know, because he's like, well, Joe Linton's got to continue because I'm not picking Gale because I don't like him. Like, that is that clearly negatively affects the team. And, and if there's people listening to this thing, oh, well, Dwight Gilshire, he's not going to be the solution. We're, we're sat here having the exact same conversation after West Ham. Exact same conversation when Wilson went off against West Ham because he wasn't match fit again. And we're like, why doesn't he bring a striker on? And it's all of these things that the, the confidence just drains out of the players. It just You could just tell as soon as Spurs turned up, the confidence was just gone. And there's people behind me in the corner and they're getting really angry, aren't they, Ben? Bloke behind me. Um, who very fortunately for us disappeared at half time um, like getting angrier and angrier because Spurs have got so much time on the ball 
And it's like, yeah, it is shite, mate, but the, the players are trying. They're trying to get the ball back, but it's so bad. It's like so catastrophically bad they just get picked up. Spurs' second goal, where the, the lad in midfield picks the ball out under zero pressure, Harry Kane makes a run with no, no one tracking him, is, is the kind of goal you do not see. You, d- you don't even see that kind of goal in the championship. You do not see that kind of goal in the championship. You remember when Newcastle played in the championship and the Rafa Benitez and they literally had to like score the perfect goals because teams were so defensively rigid. That goal there, that goal alone would deserve to lose the game. Would deserve to lose the game on that goal alone. And that's why they've got, got to get rid of Bruce because although Bruce is terrible, that, def- that defence can't defend. And Eddie Howe or Steven Gerrard or Chris Wilder or someone better than those three guys is not going to fix that in a week or two weeks or a month. That's the concern, that the longer every training session with Bruce, we get closer to being relegated every day he spends with that team. I totally agree. Um, I think also you mentioned a second ago that we've been to games this season and we've thought they haven't really had to try hard to win the game of the opposition, right? But you know what else is also obvious is today, like I thought Ndombele was outstanding today, right? And the, the bloke's a brilliant player. He costs a lot of money. He's a French international. He's, a, he's excellent, right? But he's a, you know, he's a kind of up and doing start with them. Today he was great, but at the same time, it must be difficult not to be absolutely fantastic when you're literally given <laughs> that amount of space. You're naturally a good footballer, right? And you're also being given a gigantic amount of space to pretty much ping the ball around, run into the space that you want to run into. Time runs in the box because nobody's tracking you. Um, I thought Oliver Skip, who is a young player I was on loan at Norwich last season, I thought he, he looked absolutely superb. This kid, this is a kid who's, who's played very little football in the Premier League. And this has happened all season. La, uh, not last week, the week before. Wolves. Um, Neves and Moutinho looked outrageous for Wolves. But yes, they're good players. But there's a reason they look particularly outrageous. Every time I watch a Newcastle game, I'm commenting on the other team's players. Going, <laughs> hey, he's brilliant, him, But you know what it is? It's because they're really good players and they've been given loads of time. Yeah. They've been given loads of time to just do what, what, what they're good at doing. So yeah, it's just a, as you say, mate, I think... Um, the longer, unfortunately, that, that Bruce is in charge. And you know what? Like, there's been a lot of press talk this week about how he's been, you know, um, quotes, disrespected. He's managed a thousand games. Ergo, he deserves massive amounts of respect based purely on that. And I do feel, do I feel bad saying this? I do feel a little bit bad kind of advocating for someone's dismissal. But ultimately, we're a Premier League football club and Steve Bruce is not, in my opinion, a manager who is a Premier League football manager anymore. And I'm, I don't want that to come across as dismissive and nasty. I'm just kind of based on what I've seen for the last two and a half years. And I guess prior to that, where Steve Bruce was in his managerial career. I don't feel bad calling for somebody to lose their job. I, you're absolutely right. He's not good at his job. If you're not good at your job, you shouldn't be able to keep your job. I also take a massive issue. I'm HR, so I'm, I'm getting a bit of hr But I take massive issue with this idea of like, you see it sometimes in, in companies like loyalty. Well, I've been here for five years, so I should have a promotion. So, like, well, well, no, you have to be working at a certain level or doing more than you've ever done for those five years. It, you don't just get respect because you've managed a thousand games. You've managed a thousand games. Shitly, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like all a thousand. <laughs> well, probably not all wow. a thousand. But what I'm that's a like, big pile. That. <laughs> I'm just, I just hate that. I hate that that's an argument. It's a crap argument. Sorry for swearing. It's all right. Well, uh, go on, Ben. It's, I was, I was just going to say it's, it, that, that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, he's, he's managed a thousand, so he must be good. And it's like, well, unfortunately, that's not, <laughs> not how 
like life. Yeah, Dario Gordy managed a thousand games and no yeah. one wanted him to manage their club. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that, that's that's the thing is like there's, there's a reason. And obviously, Alex Bruce was was had had a chat again. We were talking about the article this morning, um, and he was kind of saying, "Oh, it's, it's unfair that Bruce is the fall guy, kind of to all of this, and and kind of talking up the disrespect that he's had and all the things." And it's like. I just cannot accept that just because he's been there for, and, and he he was kind of making the same point that well he's managed a thousand games like he deserves more respect and it's like well he's he's not particularly been successful at a lot of those jobs and mm. yet he kept and it's he's managed a thousand basically because probably his reputation as a player he's, he was just somebody that's around and I think that's probably one of the the, the problems with football is that you don't really ever see any new names like very rarely do you see people getting opportunities it seems to be the same failures getting jobs all the time and, and and there's a reason these people are out of work from they've got sacked from their previous jobs or, or it's not worked out whatever because they've, they've ultimately failed and yet they, they get rewarded and I, I, I can't I can't have any sympathy for for his situation um in terms of the, the football side of things he's had a great opportunity he, I mean I, I see a lot of people talk up he's obviously he managed to get 13th last season and and points total and all that those sort of um things that people say it's important but he okay <laughs> even if he has done well there he still managed to get that team in the what are we 18th at the minute i think i think we've slipped down again have yeah we? so with with three points looking completely incoherent and you've you hit the nail on the head alex in terms of the longer he is here the worse the players are getting the more erosion of any kind of chemistry that was was built in that team just disappears I mean, you, you, you've talked about um, Hayden. The Hayden and Longstaff partnership was literally born out of nowhere. Like, Longstaff shouldn't really... When you look at him now, you kind of think, how is he really playing at this level? But when he came on the scene un, under the previous manager, they, they complemented each other so well and, and there was an understanding and, and that's the exact... Like, that's the, the perfect kind of thing to say today. Longstaff knew what to do. He pushed on and Hayden didn't go with him. They they were in sync when they started playing together and they looked like a really good partnership together and that has been completely eroded at the point now where they don't have a clue what they're meant to be doing yeah um and they're not being coached to to say this is what you need to do together they they just look like two players that haven't played together before considering they've been playing together for three or four years um but I I, I just cannot accept this this kind of argument from from anybody kind of saying oh well. He, he deserves a chance because he's managed for a thousand games. Yeah. Like, well, you've well, he, failed for yeah. a long, long time. Do you want to come in, Norman? Or um, imagine do, that? Do you know, just quickly, um, it was 12th last season, you were in great. Not <laughs> um, and also in that article, which is brilliant, by the way, um, apparently Alex Bruce is quoted as saying Steve Bruce used to crawl under the turnstiles to get into the stadium, <laughs> which I find spectacular. Um, <laughs> Um, so uh, I don't know what the term so are like back well. in the day but my goodness me that must have been a pretty big yeah, how much does he owe I want yeah. inflation on that <laughs> <laughs> like no wonder the club's been skinned yeah. uh, falling under a turnstile is a hell of an achievement isn't it um, <laughs> I also uh, I also like the fact that the BBC went for an objective critical analysis to his son which is pretty <laughs> spectacular um, and just one quick other point is we started that game with five players who are regulars in the championship you know and we ended up with six on the pitch. Six players who played regularly in the championship, I think we ended that game with, which um, just, if you want a reflection of the Mike Ashley here at Newcastle United, look at the end of that game when six of those players were playing in the championship in 2017. That is, it's a bit of an indictment. Right? Only five of them were still on the pitch though. Oh, were they? Sorry. Oh yeah, because Shelby got sent off. Hey, yeah. Really quickly to finish, um, 
respect is earned. Okay, respect is earned. Steve Bruce and respect. Steve Bruce took over a mid-table team in the Premier League that was limited and defensively superb. He's been given £100 million to spend. He's been allowed to smash the wage structure that they had. He's been allowed to give new contracts to Richie, to Shelby, to several of these players. Yeah. Sorry? Gale. <laughs> Dwight Gale Dwight as well. Gale. Um, what was that about? And, and, and Newcastle, just like Aston Villa, when he left there, and all of the Villa fans had, this, had Alex Bruce doing the same thing, speaking to the BBC, speaking to the, you know, these people, how great Steve Bruce was, how it was so unfair. Aston Villa got immediately better and got promoted. Like, literally as soon as Bruce left, there was a vast improvement. You will see the same at Newcastle United. There isn't a manager out there that they can appoint who would make this team any worse than they are. If Bruce isn't sacked this week, the new owners deserve all of the time in the world. It's not just about this season. It's not just about that. It's about the whole future of the club. If he isn't sacked this week, people will start asking serious questions. And I think, Charlotte, you were right today. Fans really try to lay off the Bruce stuff. They mm-hmm. really try to lay off the negativity. But the, the substitutions, you know, Norman answered the phone to me before when I rang him and he didn't say hello. He said, did I just see Ryan Fraser play central midfield again? <laughs> Under Steve Hold Bruce. Hold him mid. Yeah. Um, it's like, yes, you did. Yes, we did. Here we all are. We're talking about it. I can't process it. But we've done enough for this week. We think Bruce will be sacked this week, so we will be back, hopefully with a podcast, hopefully with a podcast about that. Uh, until then, you're going to get us on Patreon this week. Lovely to see over 100 new patrons since the takeover. We are incredibly grateful. We are delighted to have you. Lots of content coming on Patreon this week. Morning Castle United content. Morning Castle United future gazing as we'll talk about what happens next Join us on that. Uh, there's a link to that in the description of this podcast. And it's been a pleasure to speak to you three. Thank you for your time. Uh, we will be back definitely after the Palace game, if not before. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.